Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back to Oilers Now, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from St. Paul, Minnesota. It's 1234 in Edmonton on an election day. It's another weekend advantage. The Oilers obviously are in Minnesota uh, tomorrow night. Uh, coming up, uh, they'll return home for a two-game homestand. Games against Washington Thursday and the Florida Panthers Sunday afternoon. And it's another weekend advantage at Rogers Place. Get ready for Thirsty Thursday when the Washington Capitals come to town. Not only a great matchup on the ice, but fans 18-plus are able to purchase cold 355-milliliter cans of Molson Canadian and Coors Light for only 5 bucks until the end of the first intermission. Puck drop is at 7 p.m. The doors open at 6. Tickets available at Edmonton Oilers dot com. Do you want to mention that guests on the show receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse? Follow Sizzle to Alberta Zone, Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you. As we bring aboard our Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety, your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. Pleased to bring aboard John Shannon. Hi, John. How are you? Hello, Bob. How are you? Not bad, not bad at all. So uh, nice tell hear. me this. Was, uh, now tell me, what, what's it like in Minnesota? I mean, they finally got a second victory, and uh, maybe Bruce will be a little happier tomorrow. Oh, he's already, their availability uh, was during uh, the Oilers practice, so they were not at the main rink today. Uh, we're going to talk to Mike Russo here at 1 o'clock, uh, John, but there was a little bit of a sense uh, we got a little bit of feedback there. I'm going to cue a line down here in a second, but a little bit of a sense that, uh, you know, Connor doesn't have a point in the last couple of games, so our guys better be ready to go. Uh, but that was, as you mentioned, a very important win. This is an old team uh, with the Minnesota Wild, and I would suggest you not exactly blessed with elite-level prospects at the top end of the food chain coming. So this is going to be, a you know, likely a rebuild job here for, for Bill Guerin. You think that's a fair assessment, John? I do. Um, you know, I mean, the timing of the dismissal of Paul Fenton. Uh, I am here. Yeah. The the, the, the uh, firing of uh, Paul Fenton and the hiring of, uh, of Billy Guerin is an interesting one to me, uh, Bob, uh, in that uh, it, it does feel like ownership there waved the white flag for at least 18 months. Uh, and I, I don't think that Fenton wanted to do that. And uh, when you look at the, the uphill battle that, uh, that Billy's going to have and he's got an expiring contract with his coach, you wonder in the end, you wonder in the end what the future of Bruce Brodeau is with the Wild after next season. 
Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Paul Fenton because they traded away three top six forwards that were not, in my opinion, older guys. Like they traded Niederreiter for Victor Rask. They traded uh, Michael Granlund, who had been a pretty good player for the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club, for Kevin Fiala. And then Fenton traded Charlie Coyle for Ryan Donato. And I know he got some picks in some of those deals, but... I mean, they're nowhere near as good up front as they were a couple of years ago when they had all. And, and I realize that all of those guys, well, I think Granlin was a fairly productive player for them and a pretty consistent player. The other two guys there were frustrations with Niederreiter at times and with Coyle at times. But like they, would you not agree they down like Paul Fenton downgraded their their talent fairly significantly? Oh, I do. Uh, and, and I mean, I think the biggest frustration. Uh, was the Niederreiter trade particularly, particularly when you, you have Eric Stahl sitting on your bench and you could easily ask Eric Stahl what was Victor Rask's, what were his strengths? And at no time did Fenton talk to Eric Stahl about what he thought of this Victor Rask. And when you have to create, you know, this is, this is 2019, you have to create a level of communication between your, your certainly your senior players. Um, and let's face it, Nito Niederreiter has uh, has done his job in Carolina and done exactly what he was supposed to do was score some goals. In many ways, and I'm not trying to throw fuel on the fire, in many ways, Victor Rask for Nino Niederreiter is now looking like James Neal for Milan Lucic. Uh, and that's something that I think every Edmonton Oilers fan can appreciate. Are you surprised how good Lucic has been, John? Or, sorry, how good uh, James Neal has been. <laughs> I know we got new technology today, Bob, but, but that, you were changing words on us there, there for a second. <laughs> um, I, I am. I am. But at the same time, I think, you know, I, I, I've known James Neal since he went to uh, uh, Traverse City for the Dallas Stars. Uh, and know what he can do and what you can, what you see now. And I mean, and, 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 and body language is an amazing thing in professional sports. But between his, the confidence, the swagger you see in Neil and the glint in his eye, um, that pure goal scoring ability uh, that Neil has is back. And so much. Again, we talk about the money that these guys make and the planning that the coaches have and the organization. In the end, the mental fitness of a hockey player and the confidence that comes with scoring goals is probably the most important thing. And what you do and what you see now is that confident James Neal that you saw at one point in Pittsburgh, at one point in Nashville. Edmonton 7-1-1. One, one. Neil uh, still tied for the NHL goal-scoring lead. Uh, it's obviously been a, a good start for him. Uh, that goes without saying when you got nine and nine games. Uh, but one of the things that's happened here, John, is, is the biggest question mark, I think, for most of the fans to start the year was goaltending. And it's nope. so far so good on that front. And it's shown that maybe maybe you don't need a number one guy if you got two guys that can give you quality starts and you can just alternate between them. Hey, I think we should probably give Dustin Schwartz some some credit when we know that he went to Europe and, and, and worked with Koskinen uh, at home uh, and uh, and how valuable that has been. Uh, and and I, I think that we're also getting a sense, just, just like we, we talked about James Neal, I think we're getting a sense from Mike Smith uh, 
I think Mike Smith's been a pretty good teammate, you know, and even listening to him after the game last night, uh, how supportive he was of his teammates and obviously of his goaltending partner uh, through the season. I think that that's, that's something to be said for uh, the maturation and what a veteran player should be doing. So when, when you look at uh, what, what, that, what, what that does, and, let's, and, and Bob, listen, it's, I know it's nine games in, um, but what we haven't seen particularly at Koskinen is that ugly third-period goal. Uh, in fact, what he's done is he's kept the team in games in the third period and to the point where they can win those games because he's been so solid in the third period. But the challenge becomes this is an 82-game schedule, not a nine-game schedule. And they have to continue this and have to maintain this and then have to be prepared. You know, they're not going to just lose one game in regulation all season. They're going to have to learn how to rebound from those tough nights. Uh, and right now they haven't had too many tough nights. In fact, the tough nights they have had, they've won. So from that perspective, you have to wonder with both goaltenders playing as, as well as they have, is how they can maintain that level of confidence and that level of uh, resilience. Do you think we've got a fair barometer of what the Oilers are yet, John? Uh, just because, you know, you're sitting here and... The, you know, the Oilers have not played a back-to-back game yet. Uh, some would say they've had an easier schedule, and if you actually take a look at the league standings, that we, that certainly would be a fair assessment. And they've had terrific goaltending for the most part, and their special—I mean, their specialty teams. The uh, the power play going into the game yesterday was first. The penalty killing was fourth or fifth, and they went four for four on the PK here. So they, they've they've got they've had a lot of the things right that you need to win games. Mm-hmm. Do you think we really know what this group is yet? Well, I, I think we're getting a little bit of a, a glimpse at it, but uh, it, but tell me, Bob, you're there every game. Um, I don't get to see them live every game. Um, have they really seen much adversity? Uh, and, and it teams have to go through adversity before we get a real picture of what their personality and character is, uh, and and how they adapt. You know, Kenny himself uh, will tell you. Um, you know. U.S. Thanksgiving, or, you know, some days he talks about 40 games, 45 games. Uh, you know, so it's still really early. I think that Oiler fans should enjoy it. Uh, but at the same time, I just think that, they, that we have to wait and see until this team has a bump and how they, uh, how they manage that bump in the road uh, before we decide what they truly are. Yeah, I think that's. I, I think it's still to be the one thing I will say, John, is I think that there's the structure is going to continue to improve here. Like, I, I, the power play is not going to stay at forty percent. The penalty kill probably isn't going to be you know continue as good as it's been. Maybe the goaltending. Uh, you know, maybe they're not every night getting the better of the two. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, Hellebuck made one more save than Smith last night. But I do think as the team gets more comfortable with what Tippett and Playfair want. Um, I think the structure will continue to improve as the season goes on because they'll get more use to the systematic changes that have occurred here. I, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, I think, you know, they'll be t- right now. Um, I, I think the group of guys, particularly the veteran players, the guys that have been through, you know, the Todd and Kenny days, Ken, that being Ken Hitchcock, uh, I think are are motivated because they don't want to disappoint Ken Holland and Dave Tippett. Uh, but they're, and they're still learning. Uh, they're still learning the, the Tippett system, uh, and I think that when when that when that occurs, uh, then the, you're right. This team will be much more efficient. This team will be better. 
you know that you're right the 40 percent power play is not going to last the season but you know what they're probably going to play a more complete game by the time the power play gets down to the 28 to 30 percent mark uh, so i don't think it'll be any worse for wear uh, from from that perspective again to me it all goes to goaltending and then it goal, all goes to it's it's not Connor and Leon that you have to be worried about. You have to be worried about the rest of the group. Can they continue to be the depth players that have made a difference so far this season? Connor, I mean, dare we say, and I, I maybe I say this every time we're on, Bob, but Connor McDavid had 100 points last year. Leon Dreisaitl had 50 goals last year, and this team didn't make the playoffs. Well, they're going to do the same thing this year, I think. Uh, but they're going to have a lot more support, and that gets them that much closer to a playoff spot. Ethan Bear, what a story, eh? Well, didn't we talk about this last week? Didn't we actually mention that uh, how impressed we are with the maturation of and the of week this before young guy? and the week before and that? The, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I loved them last. Uh, I loved them last uh, Saturday afternoon with the Rangers, and uh, I uh, uh, all week. I mean, his composure and what it does do, and it just reinforces what Holland's trying to do, is and and, and and use Bakersfield. Uh, for that that training ground, and it, it speaks volumes to what Dave Manson and, and and Jay Woodcroft are doing in Bakersfield. So uh, that's when you can sit and look at somebody like Bear, who's you know paid his dues now in the American League, has come up and made a difference. And I think every Oiler fan can now say, okay, we understand why Ryan McLeod's down there, and Tyler Benson's down there, and Evan Bouchard's down there. We understand what those guys are going to be, and you know what, we can wait. Now, it's easy to wait when you're seven one and one, um, but you know what? When you're seven four and one or seven five and one, that's not to suggest they're losing every game. But when the team isn't playing as well as it is right now or winning as much as it is right now, you still have to be that patient. John, have we lost identity of what a line brawl is now? I mean, Sportsnet tweeted out the other night, hey, take a look at this line brawl with the L.A. Kings and the Cal... That's not a... I mean, that's a minor skirmish is what that was with uh, uh, Matthew Kachuk and Drew Doughty. Uh, you're showing your age, Bob. I, when I saw that, I, I thought the exact same thing. You know, there was a time in my previous life that when the Oilers and Flames played each other, we used to have every whistle cameras go to specific spots to make sure that we could record both benches to make sure that we could have a replay of which guy came off the bench first because we weren't going to get a live but we were going to get all 18 skaters on the ice we were going to get so you're right the definition of what a line brawl is now uh, and uh, what it was uh, in the 80s or 90s is a little different. It's, I think the line brawls now are closer to what we see with the Rockettes than anything else. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, the New Jersey Devils got a couple wins, which takes the heat off of uh, John Hines a bit. Elliot Friedman reporting, uh, you know, Taylor Hall, obviously he's going to be a really intriguing guy to watch here. John, I'm of the belief, hey, the New Jersey Devils, they got a great chance to get him signed. He's currently on their team. They've got a ton of cap space. You know, they, they can probably afford to pay him in the 11s. What do you think is going to happen there if Taylor Hall? Well, let's remember who his agent is, Darren Ferris, the same guy that represents Mitch Marner, uh, and uh, how things worked out uh, for for Marner in Toronto. Uh, it was, the one thing I can tell you is it won't be done quickly. <laughs> it, it will be a uh, methodical negotiation. It will be a frustrating, frustration, frustrating negotiation for Ray Shiro. Uh, 
and I do think he stays. I, I do think that uh, that what they're trying to build there, when you think of uh, guys like Subban and, and Hughes being there and Corey Schneider in goal, uh, I would not be surprised to see Taylor Hall re-sign uh, with the Devils. They're a pretty good hockey team, uh, and I just... You know, there's also no coincidence they won two in a row and Tom Fitzgerald's back behind the bench uh, in helping John Hines. So I, I think that uh, things are pointed in the in the right direction that, uh, for the Devils for now. Uh, it's just that they, you know, they have to maintain some some consistency, which if you watch them in the first few games, they were far from consistent. Well, part of it was goaltending. Like, they just weren't getting stops, right? Blackwood and Schneider. I mean, you mentioned yeah. Schneider, but to me, he's not. he hasn't been the same guy he once was for about two years. No, you're right. And, and by the way, Mackenzie Blackwood has been pretty good. Uh, he has. Uh, he's, yeah. he's done what he's supposed to do. And, you know, you, know, you have to wonder that uh, with what they're going and if, they're, uh, if they can find a way to – uh, to make Blackwood play more, I mean, you have to wonder what Snyder's future is in, uh, in in New Jersey, particularly when we get closer to trade deadline. John, great stuff. Thanks, as always, for your time. Uh, stay away from uh, the Herbrook statue. It might yell at you, okay? That's the small... Uh, that statue does not pay homage to Herbrook's. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like it's like four feet tall. Could they not have at least bucked up and did like a you know a nice seven foot, eight foot statue? I mean the man's. Hey, it's a great day for hockey, right? I mean, amazing. That was Bob, oh wait, that, that was, was Bob that Johnson. Was Bob, that was Bob Johnson. Who, by the way, hated. That was Bob Brooks Johnson, but uh, and they hated and they hated each other, Bob. They just hated each other. I worked with both guys for four or five years. It was the toughest four or five years of my life. What, where, well, wait a sec here. We're not going to go to break. Where did you work with them? Well, uh, Herbie worked for me. He was a color commentator for Sports Channel America for four or five years. And remember, I was in stationed okay. in Calgary. I was stationed in Calgary for with Bob Johnson, and then was doing all that uh, U.S. Network hockey. And Bob was the coach in Pittsburgh, so I knew Bob and Arthur yeah. Johnson very, very well. Minnesota and Wisconsin, right? So, no, which one of them was at St. Cloud before he went on to? I'm trying to because one of them started off at St. Cloud and then ended up at uh, wherever you know Minnesota. Yeah, I, in the case I, I, of Brooks. I think that was Herbie. I think that was Herbie. Anyway, it, the right. biggest problem was with games at Madison, Wisconsin. Martha Johnson used to sit beside, sit behind the visitors' bench with her cowbell, and a lot of this rivalry started when Herb Brooks turned around and told Martha what to do with her cowbell. <laughs> Well, we've had people text our show, and you know what they say? We need more cowbell. Thank you, Mr. Walkham. <laughs> All right, see ya. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
That's John Bye. Shannon. It is 12.52 at Edmonton. Uh, this is Oilers Now. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chad. Thanks a lot, Jajar. Bob Stoffer with you. It's 12.55 in Edmonton. Uh, let's get to our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, uh, you're out to lunch here. We're getting some texts here. Dana in Calgary. Media always tries to find negatives. Focus instead of the positive of the Oilers' performance so far. It's possible they'll continue with current stats. Confidence can overcome many obstacles. Well, I don't know if they'll be better than 40-plus percent of the power play. That would be record-setting. Um, Bob, losing Larson is adversity. Our best right side D. No, that one comes to us from Jared. And the point, I guess, is here's the thing. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, 7-1-1 starts a good start. When you're around this group on a daily basis, and this is something Darnell Nurse is going to hit on, this team was hungry to improve, and they have bought in early. Their goaltending has been terrific, and they've been good on special teams. But more of you are saying, wait a sec here, Bob. The Oilers came from behind in the first five games and won. They lost their number one right shot defense in game one. How is that not overcoming adversity from V? So there you go. Some of you taking issues uh, saying, give this group some credit. You know, they deserve it. Here we go. You can follow Oilers now on a great road trip to Chicago to see the Oilers play the Blackhawks in an awesome U.S. city. This package includes lower bowl game tickets plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field. It's the second half of the year trip for the Oilers now roadie to Chicago. Call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. Again, you, you can text us at 630-630. A reminder, there are tickets available for the Oilers uh, play tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild. Mike Russo coming up will give us some perspective on the Wild. And then... Um, Back home Thursday and Sunday. Thursday against the Washington Capitals. It's a Thursday, Thursday night for Molson Canadian. Tickets available for that game. Tickets still available for the game against the Florida Panthers as well. It's an election day. Get out there and vote. Have your say. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with one of the most plugged in men in the business and a guy that owns this market here in Minnesota, Mike Russo. This is Orders Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.